Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get positively leading. Hello once again, and thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Positively Leading. Hot on the heels of the last episode where we looked in depth at what authentic leadership is, today we're going to be exploring leadership labels. The labels that we can give ourselves, the labels that we may accept from others, and also the labels that some psychometric tests might give us. And we'll be thinking about how these labels can help and hinder us becoming authentic leaders. Now, leadership profiles are intended to give us insights, not instructions. So as we work through today, keep this question in mind. Are you falling into the label trap. And to help you answer that question, here are the three things that we're going to be thinking about today. The first is when and how psychometric testing or leadership archetypes can be helpful and when they're not. The second is how the words that follow I am are the most important words that we will ever say to ourselves as we develop our leadership identity. And third, as always, some actionable strategies and reflections about how to best use the information from today's episode going forward. Now, in full disclosure, I love taking tests, tests that help me to build self-awareness and uncover my blind spots and get to know myself better. I'm curious, right, whether it's something like hearted, like what's my spirit animal on BuzzFeed, to the more serious and scientifically proven tests like Myers-Briggs. Who doesn't want to answer some questions, enter their details, and be told something new and possibly helpful about themselves? Now, I'm a Myers-Briggs INTJ, and I take a specific weird kind of pride in the fact that I'm one of 0.8% of females making up the population for INTJs. I'm an Enneagram 2, and for DISC, I'm a steady or a precisionist. And I've come back a ruler in more than one assessment from sacred money archetypes to brand you. I have done so many tests and thousands of books have been published on leadership with models and archetypes and personality profiling, and they are all there to help us lead. But there's a flaw in the approach of many. And that flaw is that most of them are about what we need to do to lead and how we relate to others. But the results are often shared with a ta-da, you are a, insert trendy profiling name here. Now, sometimes this can be helpful and it can be helpful when you know what to do with that information and we perhaps hold it lightly. But at other times, this can be harmful because it can create a disconnection or it can pop us into a box or box us in and can limit our behavior. Because a personality test can only tell you about your behavior. It can't tell you who you really are. 
And yet we allow them to not only question ourselves, but even more change how we see ourselves. But before we explore the dark side, let's look at the many, many benefits. So Peter Senge said, to be a great leader, you must understand yourself first. And self-awareness is, as we looked at in the last episode, essential to success. And that's success in leadership and in life. If you don't know what motivates you, your actions and your behaviors, it's really difficult to cultivate positive growth. Now, our journeys towards discovering what really drives ourselves, identifying what can be holding us back from success, you know, those blind spots that we all have, as well as the traits and the motivators and the behaviors that move us forward, can be really helpful. So for you as an individual leader, there are three main benefits to these kinds of tests. The first is increasing self-awareness. So you're able to grow your understanding of the different possible approaches to leadership, and that's whether that's your style or other styles, and also the relative merits of each. And when doing this, it can give you that insight into how and why you do what you do, as well as help you to identify when and how you might need to adapt or tweak your style. The second is that these tests can help you to improve working relationships. So by gaining that self-awareness, by gaining clarity on your own style of leadership and performance, this can make it easier to recognize this in others. So depending on the assessment you take, it can empower you to understand yourself, your family members, your coworkers, and your friends in a much deeper way. And when this happens, you can meet them where they are. You can appreciate the differences in others and you can develop much stronger personal connections and trust and adapt your approach as a result. And the third, which is closely related again, is that it helps you to develop your communication skills. So when you understand your own and others' behavioral styles and motivations, this can help you to become a better communicator, to minimize and prevent conflicts and positively influence those that are around you. Now, I do find that some assessments can be useful with working with leaders and we can unpack them together. We interrogate the data and in doing so, we talk about the importance of context because we are complex beings and there's likely a context-dependent sliding scale. So our behaviours are likely to change depending on what we're trying to do. So different environments and different situations, we have different behavioural habits. So what this means is that depending on the context that a question is asked, you may get a different response. So for example, I have taken a number of different strengths assessments in my time and self-regulation will nearly always come in last. Now I have really high levels of self-regulation in terms of my emotions, daily behaviours and my response. So you might ask, as I did, well, how is this actually coming up as the bottom of my strengths? Well, it's because nearly all of the questions on self-regulation are around food. And to be honest, I struggle to resist food, particularly chocolate. So context matters. It really does. So remember, it can't tell you who you are and it can't tell you who you are or what you should do in all sorts of different circumstances. It can only give you that one snapshot. Now, in terms of teams, there are many similar benefits as there are for individuals. And that's building team awareness, building a deeper understanding of each other, 
building an understanding of motivations and needs and drivers. This then helps the building and the developing relationships and improving communication. Now, when using assessments with teams, all members of the team would take the assessment and then the results would be shared and mapped to provide a team profile. And this can be hugely helpful. And it's something that I do with teams quite regularly for different purposes. And I recently worked with a fabulous new senior leadership team of nine. And we used the Emma Genetics profile that helped them to learn more about each other. And in doing so, they developed a shared language and understanding. They were able to tap into each other's strengths and boost communication, both in terms of how they were communicating internally within the team, but also externally with other stakeholders. And it became a really strong bonding and team building activity. And these team assessments can be very powerful team building exercises with not a trust wall or a spaghetti tower in sight. Now, if we move on to the dark side of assessments and labels now, like I mentioned, there are some key challenges or flaws of the approaches or when we are told you are, you are a fill in the blank, because this can bring confusion, disconnection, self-doubt and being placed into a box. Now, I was recently coaching a senior leader, and we'll call her Helen for the purpose of the podcast, and she had just completed a leadership assessment that said she was a supporter. And she came to the coaching session in a real sort of like swirl of confusion that Sarah, I've done this leadership assessment as part of this leadership development program that I'm taking at the moment. And I'm a supporter and I came really low in being a driver, but I should be a driver. And what everyone else was saying is that I needed to be a driver in order to be more successful as a leader. And, but I don't want to necessarily be a driver. I want to be a supporter. And She was in this swirl of emotion and confusion. And what we started to do is, okay, so let's just take a moment, let's breathe, and let's drill down into what great leadership looks like and feels like for you. And I asked her to move the labels aside, to move the assessment aside, and asked her if we were to map forward in 10 years and we were to ask people who've been on your team or the people that have worked with you Um, either as your superiors or team members, and ask them, you know, what was Helen like as a leader? What would you want them to say? What kind of legacy would you want to leave? And at this point, she literally just spoke from the heart and said, well, Sarah, I want them to know that they can trust me and that I've got their back and that I believe in them and that I'm always there and that we can problem solve and I communicate clearly and I have a strong vision, but I also bring people along with that vision. And we looked and said, okay, so how about then, rather than being a supporter or a driver, you just be a Helen? (laughs) What would that be like if you were just a Helen? And the relief and the relaxation just came over her, which went, goodness me, I can actually be me. I know what it means to be an authentic leader. And we spent the rest of the session thinking about all the different ways in which she could be more her at that point in time. And it was such a really powerful coaching session. So this is what we need to be really careful with, because the word that follows I am, these are the most powerful words that we can say to ourselves. I think in life, but very much so when we are developing a leadership identity, because when we start with the shoulds, I should be this, then we can start putting on a leadership mask. And when we start to do that, then we start thinking about 
not leading from our true, authentic selves. So always being mindful, always being really aware of whatever word we use that follows I am. When we are describing ourselves, when we are describing our leadership identity. And always remembering that just because somebody gives us a label, whether that's somebody else giving us some feedback or it's an assessment or actually a label that we're giving ourselves, it doesn't mean we actually have to take that label and accept it. It doesn't mean we have to step into that and own it. Because when you do accept it and you also accept the labels for others, then behaviours that you previously had that might have been useful can perhaps fall away because they don't match the label. So from a team perspective, we thought about the individual perspective, but from a team perspective, you might find, for example, somebody on Helen's team saying, oh, Helen can do all the empathy fluffy stuff because she's a supporter. And that team member then might become less connected to others. Or you might have, oh, I'm not going to the review meeting this week because I'm an instigator. You need Paul. He's the implementer. Or Janet stopped speaking up about her brilliant ideas because Mark's the communicator, and that's Mark's realm. So Janet keeps her really great ideas to herself. The labels can start to change how we see ourselves. Our beliefs, our thoughts, and our actions then line up to match. So although they can be amazing, absolutely amazing, and really helpful for individuals and also for teams, we need to be mindful because labels mean we can lose ourselves and they can become the limits on our leadership. Now, I promise to leave you with some actionable strategies and reflections about how you might want to use tests going forward. And these are questions for reflection rather than strategies. So if you've taken a leadership assessment and you have all the information around it, then read through it again, read through it really carefully and ask yourself, how much does this sound like me? What do I feel about this? When do I think this is relevant? And when isn't it? To what extent might I be different in different contexts and with different people? And why? And really just tap in and ask yourself the questions of this is really helpful information, but what information is helpful? Because one of the most important questions is what do you want to do next with that profile, with that label? You have the label. Do you want to wear it? How might you want to use it? How might you want to take what is important for you from it? Now you have the choice. You have the choice. And I'll leave you today with some great advice that I gave to my coaching students. I used to teach on the Certificate of Coaching at the University of Cambridge, and it's a year-long program with students training or learning how to become professional coaches. And as always, when you're learning something, there's a way of learning how to do things. And there's also a learning about becoming, about being, about identity. And this is the same if you are learning to coach or if you are learning to lead. There's the doings and there's the identity. And my suggestion for them was how can you be, how can you take all the learning that you have, you know, the coaching that you've observed, the, the feedback that you've received, how can you take all of that on board? But then how can you take what really matters and how can you become the youiest you you can possibly be? Now, I stole it from Dr. Zeus, <laughs> but 
The question is about becoming the youiest you. What kind of leader do you want to be? You get to choose. You don't have to wear that label. How can you become the youiest you? So as a result of today's episode, where you do get to choose and you need to be really mindful of the words that follow, I am, I'm curious, which of your labels might you want to own and hone and which might you choose to let go of today? See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.